2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: There were several ambitious projects in the 1980s where the music industry tried to make a difference by raising money to make a difference. One of those projects happened in 1985 when dozens of musicians formed a super group called USA for Africa and recorded We Are the World. Written by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson and produced by the legendary Quincy Jones. We Are the World included dozens of performers in a star-studded ensemble cast made up of some of the biggest names in music at the time. Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Paul Simon, Willie Nelson, Kenny Loggins, Bruce Springsteen, Cyndi Lauper, Smokey Robinson, Bob Dylan, Billy Joel, Diana Ross, Huey Lewis, Hall and Oates, the Pointer Sisters, and more. They all walked into a studio where they were greeted by a sign. that said, check your egos at the door. And most of them did. The finished product sold more than 20 million copies and was simultaneously played on 8,000 radio stations around the world. The project raised more than $63 million for famine relief in Africa. And nearly 40 years later, USA for Africa is still active in fighting poverty. In this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking a look at We Are the World. The idea behind the project, the recording and its impact let's hit it What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number seventy-three. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm behind the mic tonight with my very good friend and co-host, the one and only Ryan McCusker.
2: Are you rocking?
1: Prisoners of Rock and Roll is part of the Pantheon (laughs) Podcast Network. It was a good one.
2: Thanks.
1: (laughs) Prisoners of Rock and Roll is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and our show is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks and McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia. What's happening, brother?
2: I don't know. I think I just woke up the whole neighborhood, bro. <laughs>
1: it's all good.
2: <laughs> I had to get a primal scream out, man.
1: Rock and roll stops for nobody. Doesn't matter what yes. time it is. Yes. So. What's
2: happening with you, man? Not much, dude. Not much. Yeah. I mean, thanks for coming to the bar's 55th anniversary party. It was yes. awesome. Yes.
1: Yes. I was going to talk about that in Second Thoughts, but, but, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll dude, get the bar, to it. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll get
2: to it. Absolutely. So it was
1: great to see everybody and you know shake yeah. some hands and met some listeners and it was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it in second thoughts. We are the world. We are the world. We are the children. I think this is appropriate for like the Thanksgiving season.
1: Yeah. And this was fun because we were uh, we were hanging out at the McCusker's Tavern 55th anniversary party. And we were talking a little bit of shop saying, what are we going to do next? And you brought it up. And I was like, dude, is again, another topic that's been on the list for a while. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And um, I don't know, man, I, I haven't listened to this song in a really long time.
2: I just think it was a major moment in music history. You know, looking back on it, maybe it's the, the, the uh, song is a little cheesy, a little dated, but the idea of it was all in good, Good faith and humanity, you know. Yeah, I
1: agree. Yeah, man. Well, and the song was was uh, produced by the legendary Quincy Jones, which uh, you were saying you were watching a documentary on him this week. Oh, right? yeah.
2: There's an awesome documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Q. It's from the beginning of his career, his humble beginnings from life. Man, you, the list that he worked with at a young age, like he was like making Sinatra albums at a really young age you know like and sinatra said he was like one of the best producers they ever worked with because he would like rearrange things quickly if frank didn't like it and he was really impressed by that
1: quincy jones is still alive i mean he's in his 90s but it that seems like the fact that he worked with sinatra to me seems like gener. it's like three generations ago like how long ago that was
2: i know i it's hard to believe and on top of that he you know he was a horn player Back, you know, in the bebop days, you know, that's how he first start in music. He was a trumpet player and he, you know, he he grew up in Chicago. He uh, grew up very poor. His mother was mentally ill and she got taken away when he was way young and he, his father was forced to raise him and his father was just like you know like a piece of shit. on top of it you know so like quincy and his, and his brother's sister basically just like raised themselves you know i didn't
1: know that yeah i don't know much yeah. about quincy jones other than some of the artists that he worked with
2: yeah i mean i this documentary was awesome it was like three hours long but mm. it, it was it it was great i mean the man was married like seven times he has he has billions of kids that's why he makes all those hit records he has support it's gotta
1: pay for everybody yeah uh that's awesome yeah i'll have to put him on my list yeah i I need to read some more about
2: he's a good dude
1: i like him a lot very cool yeah man well so it was produced by him let's back up a little bit and get into the beginning of this because i was tracing um i was chasing down like where did the idea come from and i don't think i realized this but this came after do they know it's christmas time the band-aid song okay and uh bob geldorf who we talked about last week and yes. uh, from the boomtown rats i don't like mondays yes who also had a huge role in organizing live aid put together right he was live aid he definitely was yeah okay i was like i i, I know a little bit about music and it's like shit um <laughs> So Geldorf did Do They Know It's Christmas time? which we're going to start hearing very soon, because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the week of Thanksgiving. And Harry Belafonte, uh, the Calypso singer, saw it and decided he wanted to do something, but with like black artists. So he called his manager and his manager was this guy named Ken Cragen. And he called Ken and was like, hey, man, this is what I want to do. I want to do a tri- a concert, a tribute concert with black artists to raise money. And Cragen was like, no, man, let's um, let's do a song. So Cragen was a really, really big deal in the 1980s. And I had never heard of this dude before, but they said he had almost half of the artists who recorded top 10 records in the United States. Like at, at one point in time, he had about half of the top 10 artists. So he called Lionel Richie and he called Quincy Jones and was like, hey, Harry Belafonte's got this great idea. And then Quincy Jones called Michael Jackson because Quincy <laughs> produced Thriller.
2: Sure. Because and then in all time. Absolutely. Right.
1: And it was initially only going to be black artists and they were going to have like 20 people. But then Cragen was friends with Springsteen's manager and he called Springsteen's manager. When Springsteen said he was in this guy, Ken Cragen said, I didn't have to make another freaking phone call. So once Springsteen was on, everybody was like, I want to do it. And then like, yeah somebody i'm just using an example but like bob dylan would call and go like oh springsteen's in i want to be in and then somebody like elton john would go like well bob dylan's in i want to do and it just kept like yeah it wasn't elton john uh, like billy joel or like everybody it just kind of kept spiraling and spiraling and spiraling
2: you know it's crazy you talk about that and i've been like um you know waiting for the show to set up today just before we do it. and i listened to we are the world two times in a row springsteen has more parts in that song than anybody and for you to say that makes so much sense why he has so much i was wondering how did he get so much time in this song when everybody got like a a, like a word here and there
1: oh interesting yeah Yeah, i mean he's coming off you know he's one of the biggest i was shit most of these guys were like i mean they were enormous i mean the the list of people that are on this even the people that are in the chorus and don't and don't a only, solo
2: it's some crazy dan, fucking dan Aykroyd's there dan Aykroyd is in there i guess we could how the fuck does he get in there the blues brothers <laughs> right i think we should go i don't know do you think we should go like talk about each artist or i
1: maybe um i'm not quite sure how to well maybe let's let me talk a little bit about like the idea behind it or like let's maybe leading up to the session and then we'll get them all in the room. And then maybe, I don't know, I have them all in the order that they appeared in like the solos. Awesome. So maybe we can just kind of walk through that. And then at some point we're going to just play the whole song. I think we can get away with it without getting sued (laughs) and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But so this whole thing gets scheduled. And so they get everybody signed up and they're like, okay, cool. When are we going to do this? We got to do it in a time where everybody's in town. Yeah, we got to get everybody in the same place. So they do it on the night of the American Music Awards, since everybody's going to be there. And American Music Awards go like, you know, kind of late at night. Instead of going to the after party, all these artists come afterwards. So they start rolling in at like nine o'clock. And the recording session went until like six o'clock in the morning the next day. And um, there's also a documentary about the yeah. making of this, yeah, which I'd was really. It. I remember you said you were watching it. So I watched it this week. Yeah. And it was it was you can see how punchy they're getting because it's getting so late oh yeah they're getting loopy and they're all
2: superstars i mean you know like but check your ego at the door
1: yeah so quincy jones puts a sign on the door that says check your ego at the door because he's just like i'm not putting up with any shit from everybody and um and part of that the checking to the ego of the door was that the song was attributed to a group called usa for africa instead of like individual artists
2: Hmm. I like how you call it the super group. I never, I never thought of it like that way.
1: Yeah. It's like the, the biggest super group um, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that the whole project took about a month from like when they start making phone calls till they actually like recorded, like how quickly this works. And I guess it's also when you're thinking about it, you got to remember that this is 1985. So it's not like, um, you know everybody's not recording the thing in their home studio and they're sending over the digital file and putting it yeah. all together so
2: oh no this is like real real, real tape yeah everybody so, had to like be on
1: yeah so the AMAs that night they um they come everybody starts coming over Lionel Richie actually hosted the American Music Awards that year hmm. so he had to remember i
2: remember, remember. one
1: point yeah and then they all come over and um nobody gets paid for this at all like they all agree sure. to do it for free sure well one thing i forgot to mention like the actual song is quincy jones produced it but lionel richie and michael jackson
2: wrote it yes I Do you remember that
1: and um so they all start getting in the room and then it's super cool to watch the documentary of the making of just to see how this all works and how they're trying to figure things out together and um you know i guess from a recording perspective they like michael jackson laid down like his track uh, at first, and we'll, you'll hear it when we play it. But then there was like what they would play in their headphones to kind of keep them keep going. That would be like the rhythm that they would hear.
2: Yeah, the scratch track.
1: Yeah, right, right. Right. And then they recorded all of the choruses first, and then they went back and they started doing all the solos. And Quincy Jones was the one who decided who got a solo and who didn't. And from what I heard, there wasn't any complaining about people who didn't get a solo.
2: It was it, it's so well done. Yeah. He is a magic ear.
1: And the, the really cool thing of watching the documentary was how everybody's in the room. They're fans of each other. Like they're asking each other for autographs Yes, on the sheet music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're signing the sheet music for each other or yeah. their, um, the, the sweatshirts they were wearing, they all signed them at the end.
2: Mm.
1: And, um, it was just really cool. They also, all the artists signed a bunch of posters and they sold them to make charity for charity. But, um, and then at some point like they decided uh quincy jones realized like they needed to document this so life magazine comes in to do a photo shoot but they still they come in at 2 30 in the morning so they had to take a break and everybody was like getting their makeup on and making sure they look good it's just uh it's really interesting man how they just they, it all comes together
2: i i think it's great they came right from the music awards and uh you know it's like you're you're the starlet you're you're getting all these awards especially like michael jackson at the time you know
1: right it was i mean all of these artists and that's a night where it's normally you're going to after parties and you're out all night and doing all
2: this yeah you're partying yeah and they and they all just i think it's i just think it was a major part of music history now we were talking about what was going on in africa at the time
1: there was a really bad famine in ethiopia and maybe it's short-sighted but people thought like well if we just spend a lot of money and buy food and send it there that would be taken care of but it wasn't as much it wasn't entirely that it was just like a drought and the people were dying there was like a civil war going on in ethiopia and it was being like a lot of the food and everything was being basically confiscated by these really bad dudes that was causing a lot of the issues. Wow. If I remember correctly, I know we talked about that at uh, the live we did the live eight episode. Yeah. Um so it wasn't really just entirely like, oh well, let's just throw a bunch of money at it and we'll fix it. Mm. But yeah, I I really think they had the best intentions.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, you do something nice, people will take advantage of it. That's just how it goes.
1: At one point before the artists start recording, there is a part where Bob Geldorf, uh, he went to Ethiopia and he gives a speech to the artists of why they're doing this. And I I have it. Let me let me pull it up on YouTube.
2: Yeah, I'd love to hear it. And this is like right before they start recording. We are the world. He, He was he was there.
1: Yeah, they're all in the room. And here you go.
3: He just came back from Ethiopia, and he'd like to talk to you. Oh, Um, would I? Um, Well, maybe to put you in the mood of the song you're about to sing, which hopefully will save millions of lives, I think it's best to remember that the price for life this year is a piece of plastic seven inches wide with a hole in the middle. And that, I think, is an indictment of us. And I think what's happening in Africa is a crime of historical proportions and the crime is that the western world has got billions of tons of grain bursting in its silos and we're not releasing it to people who are dying of hunger and I don't know if we in particular can conceive of nothing but nothing is not having a cardboard box to sleep under a minus ten degrees nothing is not having any drink to get drunk on, not having water and you walk into one of the corrugated iron huts and you see meningitis and malaria and typhoid buzzing around in the air and you see dead bodies lying side by side with the live ones and on a good day you can only see 120 people die slowly in front of you. And in some of the camps you see 15 bags of flour for 27,500 people. And it's that that we're here for. And I don't want to bring anybody down, but maybe it's the best way of making what you really feel, why you're really here tonight, come out through this song. So thanks a lot, everybody. Let's hope it works.
2: Man, really powerful. I am so proud of him as an Irishman. I
1: know you like like him a lot. I like him a lot.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: I was watching it on YouTube as a, as we're playing it. And it's like the, um, I mean, the chorus, they're all on the risers. So they're all standing there. And he's got, you know, they're getting ready to start. And he just kind of ducks in and makes his speech and he goes. And some of the guys, like they start, some of the artists are crying.
2: I didn't even know he was, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen that documentary. It's coming back to me now, but I don't re- even remember him being there, you know, like I it, for him to be involved with we are the world yeah. I, I didn't know i had no idea
1: yeah it's kind of cool and it's like uh i don't know man it's like i guess in the 80s he really took it upon himself to try to make a difference between doing the band-aid charity and then he helps with this a little bit and then and live aid and, or... you know, yeah dude was really trying
2: he's um, a great guy i mean
1: and then at one point too i'm sorry the artists weren't they weren't crying when that happened some of them they they later There's a moment that Stevie Wonder brings in two women from Ethiopia to the session, and they speak to the to the artists about what it's like to live there, and that's when some of them start crying. Um, again, really, really powerful.
2: Yeah, Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, hunger must. That's an awful thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's shit. I remember. I mean, I remember my parents having like this on like recording it on a VHS tape when it came out and watching it. It was a huge deal. Yeah.
2: When we say, you said it was on every channel same simultaneously.
1: Yeah. There was like one time I have something a little bit later where they, yeah, it was like 8,000 radio stations all played it at the same time. So really, really interesting, but it also wasn't all heavy, uh, sad, sad stuff. There's a part in the documentary too, where everyone starts ragging on Harry Belafonte.
2: Yeah, I'm a more and, tired and I want to go home. Yeah, they all start
1: yeah. doing. I think I think I got that on the YouTube too. Hang on, on the YouTube. Oh. It's super cool. They they're all laughing. Harry Belafonte's got like his headset off because he's just laughing the whole time. They're kind of breaking his stones.
2: I love him. He was he's great.
1: You know, it's interesting too, man. If you go to wearetheworld the website still is still sure. Yeah. The the first image that kind of pops up is a uh, in memorial of Harry Belafonte and everything that he did. Since this was his idea, like this this whole song started with him. So. And he passed away this year, but it's just super cool watching how they all um, interacted with each other. And I guess we can get into that. We start talking about the song, but maybe before we start talking about the song, I looked up the story of I like, got a story about two artists. One who is an artist who isn't here and one of an artist, maybe he was here and maybe he wasn't. So the first one was Prince. So where is Prince? Why is Prince not on this? yeah Man. i
2: was wondering that go ahead
1: so and i was i was looking into it pretty hard and he said there was always rumors that he was supposed to be there but he never said when he before he passed away what the deal was the rumor always was that the parts that michael jackson sang he was going to trade off with prince but the dude ken Cragen, the um the talent manager that was calling all these artists he said prince wouldn't have been able to do this he's like prince was a control freak oh, you know yeah. he didn't take anything from anybody else and then uh they're like he just you know he would be the guy that he would play every one of his own instruments on the album because he wanted to control right. absolutely
2: everything absolutely so,
1: there was that he was the
2: man he would he was the man
1: <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get to him eventually on, a, on an episode too yeah. um the other rumor is that he just thought the song sucked and he wanted nothing to do with it. I so. can see
2: him being that. He's like, huh, I ain't singing on this.
1: Yeah. Ow. Wendy Melvoin, she's the guitar player in The Revolution. I have sure. a quote from her. She said, he felt like the song was horrible and he didn't want to be around all those motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I cannot see him being in We Are the World.
1: Yeah, he... So then I guess the night of the AMAs, he realized that, like, well, it would be a bad look that Prince is such a big star that if he doesn't, if he's at the AMAs and then he doesn't go to this, um, and if he shows up at, like, an after party, he's going to look like a jerk. So his manager started telling everybody at the AMAs, like, oh, Prince doesn't feel well. He He's coming down with something. And then he just went out to a to a nightclub after the event, anyway. <laughs> and then it got even more publicity because two of his bodyguards got arrested for beating the shit out of a couple photographers who yes. trying to take pictures of Prince. Yes. And he had he bailed him out of jail. Man. So, so he wasn't there. Um, his the AMA artist. performance, dude. His AMA performance is on YouTube. A hey, go look that up. Like he he destroys it. Uh, well, no just doubt, awesome,
2: no yeah. doubt.
1: The artist. Yes. Um, you said you saw him in concert, didn't you?
2: Oh, dude. It, and I always say it was before he died. I would always say it was the best concert I've ever seen. And it was man. It was like super hit after super hit. And he's a how he's one of the greatest performers I've ever seen. He dances. He plays guitar like a motherfucker. You know, he sings. He, he just, once you thought he, it could, the show couldn't get topped, it it just kept on getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and his band was his band was flawless.
1: Really, yeah. I've always heard like legendary his control freakishness. I was never like a really really big Prince fan, and then I saw him at the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, when he was playing guitar, and I was like,
2: whoa! Oh, just dude, just blew me away. He's such. Do uh, you want to hear an inside story? Yeah, please. He played the Wells Fargo Center. Then, when I seen him, he played two nights in a row. Now, my good friend is the head electrician down at the stadium. He said after the first night, Prince, after the show, brought them all back on the stage and said, We're going to figure this shit out now because they fucked the part up. And he brought them out after and he kept like the crew there. kept everybody there. Wow. And he he fucking said, we ain't going to do this again. And he just cut it out. And right after the fucking show, like people are cleaning up and he brought the whole band out again. Wow. He's like, tomorrow night, we're not fucking this up.
1: I guess that's a really high bar, man. You want to work with the best, right?
2: Yeah. I I always loved that story. I thought that was awesome.
1: He did, um, so when he's not on the song, but there was an album, which I didn't even know, that there was a We Are the World album. Yeah, I it had it. Had, I had it. Okay. So he did a song for that called uh, For the Tears in Your Eyes, and it's all like unreleased. Tra- it was like nine or 10 unreleased tracks from artists that were on the album, like Trapped by Springsteen. I know I know the Warden loves that song. I love that that yeah. song, too. But That I was remember, on there.
2: Yeah. I remember Steve Perry had a song on there.
1: Yeah. Yes, he did yes he yep. did and then the other dude the other guy that isn't here or maybe he is and he is or maybe he isn't is waylon jennings and I
2: never you told me about this and i never knew he was even involved in this shit
1: right so i don't even, jennings, I
2: see him there at all with these fucking dudes
1: Waylon Jennings, the legendary outlaw country music fan, uh, the legendary outlaw country music artist. And if you actually look at the credits for We Are the World, he is on, he's listed on there as being in the chorus. But I never seen showed, him in the video or anything. He's not in the video. He's not in the, he's not in the documentary. He's not in the video. He's not in any of the pictures. So the story was at like 1030 at night during the recording, Stevie Wonder has an idea. And he's like, oh, well, let's sing a couple of the lines in Swahili for ethiopia and i guess some of the artists like an argument breaks out and a couple of the artists are like no i'm not doing this like ray charles wrote uh i have a quote from ray charles he's like Willie, really, what Willie really, mogu Mugu, my ass it's three o'clock in the goddamn <laughs> morning i can't even sing in english no more and then he's um, the best right ray, ray was awesome but then waylon goes like no good old boy sings in swahili and i guess he lee he left he's just like screw this And some people say he came back in and he did the chorus. Some people say he didn't. So he might be on the chorus of it. He might not be. We don't really know. But i I with you, man. I can't imagine him. Like when they say leave go
2: at the door, I just know. I can see him standing there with Dylan and Willie Nelson and being like, what the fuck is all this? What are all these fucking yachts? motherfuckers going doing right like they're like these you know like country hillbilly dudes mixing arms with these rock stars you know
1: yeah sure i i love i started listening to Waylon jennings in the last like month or so and i've been oh, listening yeah he's to great a, a lot he's, he's fantastic
2: don't let so. your yep. don't, let, don't yep. let your children grow up to be cowboys yeah
1: um and I'd I'd love to do an episode on the Highwaymen sometime, like Waylon, sure, and Johnny Cash, and Chris Christopherson, Superman. and yeah, Superman. just an awesome That's, super group. But
2: yeah, we could do that.
1: So that would be like yeah, I thought like them versus the Traveling Willberries would be
2: interesting. But in a fight, who would win? Uh probably probably the outlaws. Well, I don't yeah, know probably about Chris the outlaws. Christopherson, but although there
1: is a, a like a new book about George Harrison came out. Remember when that that wackadoodle broke into his house? Sure. Yeah. And uh it now says, like he, they said he was stabbed over 40 times, George Harrison was in that fight. You know, I knew he was injured. I didn't know it was like, it was like that.
2: Yeah. George Harrison uh, kind of fucked him up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And his kid came running in and all this other stuff. They were, they were afraid he was going to die. He was going to bleed out because he yeah, was yeah. getting stabbed so much. But anyway, so they, they cut the song. And then when it comes out, the radio play. So August 5th, I'm sorry. In the radio play April fifth, nineteen eighty five. There's over eight thousand radio stations around the world, all played the song at the same time at ten fifty in the morning Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, the song was already it was it had been out for about a month, but I guess that whole idea started like two radio stations in like Rome, Georgia, just happened to be playing it at the same time, and I guess people started calling in like, "Hey, you guys were playing the song, and it's weird." And they thought it was funny, so they were like, let's do it again, but let's get more radio stations. And it just kind of snowballed into somebody going, let's make it like a global
2: thing. I kind of remember something in grammar school. I do, too. Something Something to do with, like, everybody listening to it at once.
1: And I was reading about that, and they said, like, they did it the following year as well like an event um but they said there was like people would get together in like one place to hear it when they played it and i i kind of remember that as well i mean i was nine years old when this came out but oh yeah um and one other thing i thought was interesting yeah so then you know that company Musac they play like music and like offices and stuff like that they played it as well and it was only the second time that they ever played a human voice the first time was they announced that um the hostages in iran were released in like 1980 and they said like music reached about 80 million americans every day through their like and the music went to 110 offices shops and factories around the country so it' like huge wow. I, I just thought that was really cool that they that is cool to play too
2: yeah i mean listen it was huge it was huge
1: and then they followed it up next year with, I didn't know this either. Remember Hands Across America?
2: Sure. Oh, yeah. I went, I remember it. I remember we went to it. My yeah, family I, went to it down at Penn's Landing in Philadelphia. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I remember my. The Hooters living. played. The Hooters I, played. Oh, really? Yep. Another local band. I remember going outside like my elementary school and we all joined hands and I. Kind of thought it was going to be, like, a line of people trying to go around the world, as far as anybody (laughs) could see. I guess I had some misconceptions of what that was actually going to be. But I never knew that that was also from the USA for Africa organization. That was, like, the next thing they tried to do.
2: The Hands Across America song wasn't even close as being good as We Are the World. No, no.
1: And I don't think it had the same impact, like... um, No way. In terms of money and what it did for Africa and everything
2: else, but so I think everybody was like another cause something yeah. else it was everybody's burnt out by then yeah
1: all right so maybe we can just start talking about the artists that that appear
2: there's so the, many so yeah many.
1: Yeah, i have a really long list here
2: yeah let's just um, uh who do we got like start naming some more we'll talk about them
1: all right so obviously conducted by quincy jones we mentioned that but um and talk about the soloist and the order of appearance. And, yeah, you know, when they say a solo, I mean, it's like some of these guys, they sang one line and then they handed yeah. it off.
2: There's so many of them, you know, that was. The yeah. Yeah.
1: And it opens with Lionel Richie because he's it's his song. And, yeah. you know, he also I said Quincy Jones picked who sang that um, the solos Quincy uh, also Lionel Richie also had an input in that, too. So he opens it, you know, and I think everybody. That that's the what I remember. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, "That's We Are the World,"
2: and that's the only part he sings.
1: I think so, yeah. And he wrote the song, and yeah. but he
2: opens it up. I mean, that's a iconic part he sings. Sure, you know?
1: Stevie Wonder comes in. Stevie Wonder's in a couple a couple spots. Paul Simon. So Lionel opens it. Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, James Ingram, Tina Turner, Billy Joel. Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Diane Warwick, Willie Nelson, Al Giroux, Springsteen, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, Daryl Hall, Huey Lewis, Cyndi Lauper, Kim Carnes, Bob Dylan, and Ray Charles. That's all the solo people. Wow. And it's like, I don't know, the song's what? I got it open on Spotify. The song's about seven minutes long. Yeah, Yeah, seven minutes and 10 seconds. So you got all those artists grabbing a couple of lines, and some of them are like paired up with each other oh some of the um so like the making of documentary like some of those guys that they're working together so they recorded all the chorus and then they were doing the solos and it was like i it felt like 15 minutes of the documentary was just them bob dylan trying over and over and over again to hit his line <laughs> i, I almost felt bad for him at some point because some of the artists yeah. are like they're laying on the bleachers like it's they're so tired
2: <laughs> do you ever see like that uh it would be like on facebook or instagram they would show the video of dylan standing there singing the chorus and he's like looking around like yeah he's like has no idea what the fuck's going on
1: and they like when he finally gets it they all start cheering like bob you did it and i was like but what what is good bob versus bad bob (laughs) sound like he sounds like Kermit the frog
2: i don't know i love dylan I think he nails it. They totally get his personality right on it. I think that's a big deal of the recording of this is to get these artists' personality really fast,
1: yeah, it, you, there's a couple in that in here that I think um really do that, like Dion Warwick, I know we broke our stones a lot on she the can sing them, dude. she she brings it.
2: yeah, she this. does that. Send me your heart part,
1: yeah, yeah. she does a great job. Springsteen totally overdoes it. He just come. I know,
2: think. He's- I think Quincy made him like do that fucking yeah, the world. Yeah, it's he so that, over the top. He wanted that jersey, like Springsteen. Definitely, you 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 know who it is right away. I hadn't
1: watched this in so long, and in my head, I was like, he was, I totally thought he was wearing, like, the bandana, and it was, like, A.D. Springsteen, like, the jean jacket with the sleeves ripped off, and that's not what he is, but, yeah, yeah, he totally, and I, I, in my head, I was like, there was, like, spit flying out of his mouth, and That's, that's he's passionate. Yeah, he totally, I think he overdoes it. And he was
2: thinking about all those poor children, man.
1: I I guess so. And this you is know, a great fit a, for him because he does so much charity stuff, too. Yeah. But.
2: This is just a small moment in his charity work that he's done. Sure.
1: Another artist I thought that really got after it was Cindy Lauper.
2: She kills it. I was always wondering about her part, especially at that end when she's singing with Huey Lewis in their own course, And she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. They, who did that? Did she improv that, or did Quincy tell her to do that shit?
1: So the documentary that I watched, they were, and I guess it was I forget what it was like a TV special about the making of it from the eighties, and it was Huey Lewis, Cyndi Lauper, and Kim Carnes who sang uh, Betty Davis Eyes. We were talking about last week.
2: I was wondering who she was. Yeah, I never she, knew I don't, who all she of them. Was. You're kind of
1: like, what the hell is she doing here?
2: I never knew who she was.
1: Yeah, till right now. So and I guess the three of them were were singing through it and. They're struggling. Some of the rockers were struggling because they, they weren't singing in the same pitch, right? Like Springsteen and Huey Lewis and Steve Perry, they got big like rock and roll voices. So it doesn't yeah. always fit. But yeah, I guess Huey and Cindy and Kim kept doing that. So that part over and over and over again. And I think one of them suggests like, Hey, why don't you try picking up that? Yeah. 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 Like g- lead us into the chorus with it. And, and she uh, can.
2: she's her voice is amazing.
1: Yeah. And that was something they just tried over and over and over and over and over until they finally just nailed. Like at one point, she's like, uh, "All her jewelry is making noise in the microphone. Yes. So you got to take your earrings <laughs> off." Yeah, and, yeah.
2: Because
1: <laughs> this is like straight out of the '80s. Girls just want to have fun. Video, you know, she's oh, like the hair and all the jewelry on.
2: It it, just and, came from you know the award ceremony. Of course, she's sure. all like, you know, she's Cindy Lopper. She was awesome.
1: And some of the artists I I barely even remember. Like I know Billy Joel's on there and Paul Simon,
2: but I thought they were kind they have a very different. small part. Billy Joel has a very small part. Um it's un it's forgettable, you know.
1: Oh, and also another guy who brings it is Ray Charles. And we just captured yes, that when we came out. Yeah. When we came out of the the monologue, we wanted to play the part of Ray Charles because he just like starts going like Woo and when you are, watch the video, are, he's uh yeah. Yeah. the video he's doing at Ray Charles, you know, when he's stomping he, back and forth, and he just,
2: he was the greatest.
1: Um, some of those guys had to go back into the studio afterwards and re record some parts. Sure. And he was just getting, there's showing him in the studio and he's just like, just you feel it when you watch that, just the way he's getting into yeah. it. It's super he, cool. He,
2: he had so much passion. That was what made his music. Awesome. Anybody could sing a song, but the way he did it and his passion, You know, I think his voice made a big part of we are the world. Like he leads it at the end.
1: I think so, too. And he's a guy that can play. He can sing almost anything, right? He did gospel music and he was like doing some rock and stuff and soul. And he just his voice could just fit into anything. He was awesome. So talented.
2: So talented.
1: And then the the chorus is (laughs) Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
2: I. God, how the fuck does he get in there?
1: <laughs> I think he was supposed to represent, like, the movie industry is a part of this,
2: or like, I don't know.
1: I, I, or it could I be just the always,
2: I just always remember seeing him in the video, even like, you know, as a kid, I was like, "What the hell is Dan Aykroyd doing there?"
1: well that's you just said that too that's a good point because there was no internet when this came out so like you i remember watching a video and you're trying to point out who everybody is when they're singing yeah. you're like oh i know that i know that and i know yeah. that and because he's know, back,
2: standing there he, and he has like a mug in his hand yeah and he, and he has his glasses on just ridiculous yeah and, like why him out of like you know like you know like paul newman could have been there
3: Right, or
2: like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like friggin' Marlon Brando, you right. know? Sean like,
1: Connery. We are the world. <laughs> we are the world, bastard. <laughs> so he's in the chorus. Harry Belafonte, which is also pretty interesting. Like, so this was kind of his idea, and he doesn't have a solo.
2: Re- oh wow! He's
1: I didn't think humble. about that till just, just now. He's a humble
2: guy, dude.
1: Yeah, L- Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac is in the chorus. I didn't, I didn't realize. Oh um, wow. Everybody else, some Huey Lewis in the news. Sheila and E. e. Uh, Bob Geldorf is in the, he's in the choir.
2: Okay. Um,
1: most of the other Jackson five, maybe Waylon Jennings, Bette Midler. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's, I saw her in there somewhere with like, she had like red hair and like when I was watching the, the, the film, I was like, is that Bette Midler?
2: Oh, she looked way different. I mean, she always had different style. But in the eighties, she really like overdid it. She looked like Cindy Lauper.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. Her hair was at that level. John Oates was in there, and I guess I guess Daryl Hall got the got the good part, and Oates didn't.
2: uh oh, um, poor Oates. Always, he's like Wham. He's yeah. like the other guy in Wham. <laughs> the other guy, Wham. <laughs>
1: Jeffrey Osborne, the point, all three of the Pointer Sisters, and then Smokey was in the chorus as well. Another dude who's like. Holy crap, man. You like you you don't have a place for smokey.
2: Yeah. Well, dude, I how do you like decide who's gonna sing on what part? Did right. they sit around for like weeks and like all right, they like blueprint it out so they don't waste any time. Like, all right, we go with uh Springsteen will sound awesome doing this part right here, and uh Stevie's gonna sing in this part right here. You know, I'm sure they had it kind of they weren't like experimenting too much in the process of recording the song because there was no time for that shit
1: but you still got to figure out like what voices can you pair up because some of the songs the way they hand off the lines like um like paul simon to kenny rogers like paul sings his line and then kenny comes in like the last like three words of paul Simon's yeah. line and then paul stops and kenny rogers picks it up and even the way they recorded this like they're in that they're in that room and they're like um yeah, they're come. They they have the time in how they walk up to the mic. They lean into the mic and then they lean back, and it just that's, it was just super cool to see. That's it, all, professional, how it That's professional
2: as professionalism. That's two iconic recording stars. That's you know, they they're you they know what they're doing. They've done it billions of times. They know how it works.
1: Right, but and but they're all doing like, it, and they're handing like off to each effortlessly. other right? effortlessly. Like right like tina turner just hands it over to billy joel and billy joel hands it off i think to diana ross and it's just like and they're, all, they're nailing it
2: and it's all natural it just right. sounds so clean is there like a list of people that were they asked and they said no we're not coming
1: i the only one i saw was prince Hmm. That was the only one that I came across of. And then um, oh, well, apparently Prince then when he didn't want to do the song, he offered to play guitar. And then Quincy Jones was like, I don't need a fucking guitar player. I need, <laughs> I need Prince the singer.
2: <laughs> I remember watching an award show. We'll go into it later, but they did an anniversary for uh, USA for Africa. And it was on the American Music Awards. And Quincy Jones got like a, few, a bunch of guys up there, stars, and Prince is up there and they're singing, We Are the World. And Prince has a lollipop in his mouth. <laughs> and everybody's singing and he's just sucking on this fucking lollipop. And Quincy Jones fucking pulls it right out of his fucking mouth. It's just, <laughs> it, 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 if you ever get a chance to watch it, maybe it's on YouTube. It's fucking unbelievable. I'll have to check it out. I was just trying to think,
1: like, who else wasn't there? I was like, uh, like, Sting wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. I I can't think of who else. I, I'm just trying to think in my just rack of my brain like who else would Yeah, I was just trying to see if there was like a a list of artists who were invited who didn't, but I don't see anything, but
2: um I'm sure there was I'm sure others, it was. So. Oh yeah. I mean Madonna uh, wasn't there. That's with, a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Why wasn't Madonna? Just, like, you know, they probably didn't want her there. <laughs>
1: Why wasn't Madonna included at We Are the World? Madonna wasn't... Uh, I'm on popculturereference.com. Uh, Madonna has never spoken on the record about the snub, so a lot of this is just supposition. Madonna was invited to participate. Uh, she was invited by Michael Jackson, but she was on the road doing the Virgin tour at the time and had something else to do. Hmm. Okay?
2: Okay. Yeah, whereas, Maybe. like...
1: like Man, you're like Freddie Mercury, imagine him if he came in and did this. Like Steve. Well, my question like Steve Perry is, can friggin' say. Oh yeah.
2: But, but my question is, where's Boy George in all this?
1: Boy George is another good one.
2: You know? Let's see I mean, if
1: the internet knows. So Boy George was in the do you know it's Christmas time.
2: Yes, that's but, right. But you know, I guess he's not. Hmm. Okay. Said, okay. Um Dion Warwick is in this song. Yeah elton john's in this song elton john is
1: not in this song okay i think i said his name earlier but i that was incorrect billy joel was not elton john
2: okay because
1: so elton john's another one like
2: because remember elton john did that great song with stevie and gladys and Dion warwick uh that's mm -hmm. what friends are for yeah that was great yeah i don't like that song but it's okay
1: I'm not a big I'm not a big Dionne Warwick fan, but she's awesome she's, in this.
2: She's Psychic Network. She she's she's uh, gonna play the lottery.
1: Yeah, man. So I guess we we kind of talked about you know, who's on it and how we got there and all this other stuff. We should probably play the song. So maybe it's a good point. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll let's come out of the commercial break and we'll just play the entire song and then we'll just pick up with some other thoughts. Sounds great. Awesome, all right, guys. Dude. All right, we'll be
2: back. Stick around, folks.
1: Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox at McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is proud to be sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. Boldfoot Socks is a family-owned American business that makes great socks in a variety of styles. And every pair is made in America from materials grown in America. And on top of that, they're a veteran-owned business that donates 5% of their proceeds to veteran charities. And while I'm thinking about it, Veterans Day passed in the time between this episode and our last one. So this is a great opportunity just to say to thank you to Josh and the team over at Boldfoot Socks, as well as all of the veterans that are out there listening to us. So if you're looking for a great pair of socks, head on over to boldfoot.com. Tell them the warden sent you. It's boldfoot.com.
2: Um, The warden.
1: right we're back from the commercial break thanks so much for sticking with us first full song we've ever played on the show
2: i love how ray charles is at the end of that just rocks it yeah you know james
1: ingram at the end of that too yes after it too
2: yes he has a big part there absolutely yeah
1: i'd forgotten how much stevie wonder and springsteen were um they really do duetting too
2: oh yeah they really worked well together you know quincy jones is a is is an amazing talent you know like how he like put all those in order and i, I think maybe they won like a grammy that year or the, the next year they won a grammy yeah
1: and it was they did it was nominated for a couple grammys um i believe it won some grammys it was like the vma award so it it won four awards it was record of the year song of the year Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group and Best Music Video Short Form, and then it got a couple awards at the MTV Music Awards for the Best Group Video and Viewer's Choice. It's kind of hard not to, right? Like they're trying yeah, to raise all the millions really? of dollars for charity and all this, all these people. Phil Collins wasn't wasn't here. Yeah, you're
2: right. British. Yeah, there was no, there was no British, there was no British there at all. That's true. I get, I, really?
1: I well, I guess because he wanted to do like an American counter to. There the, you go.
2: I didn't yeah. think about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is the counter to Band Aid. So that's probably why like Sting and, and Boy, Boy George, George and all those guys weren't yeah. there. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. There's no Beatles. Yeah. There's no Rolling Stones. Yeah. That's true. You yeah. That had no, to be what it was. The there's no who. You know, all these huge, huge bands. Yeah.
1: We're not There's not problem. a lot of rockers on here.
2: It was a pop thing. Quincy Jones, you know, he's he's a pop guy, you know, yeah. I, or not pop, but
1: you know, right, more melodic kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, like I said, Springsteen's the rocker. Steve Perry, Steve Perry can
2: can freaking sing, man. Oh, he's yeah, it's a shame he can't do it anymore.
1: Even I mean that the little trio uh, we do. We're already talking about it. like Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, and Kim Carnes. Like they kill it. Right and and Huey Lewis has such a powerful voice and Cindy yeah. Lauper's voice is so high that it just it it just works so well together. You're right. Like Quincy Jones and if it was Lionel Richie, like the decision to put them together is just like it's so cool. And it's only 20 seconds, but it just it no, sounds I, so awesome.
2: Everybody wants to talk shit on like Huey Lewis and shit like that. Like dude he was so big he was in We Are the World. You know, like the, the dude had something going for him. He was in fucking we are the world, you know, also
1: a potential show is like, is he the most underrated rock and roller from the 80s or something?
2: Dude, I love me. Huey Lewis in the news. Right. I remember you right. mentioning that
1: before. And that, oh, yeah. he's again, man, that he sounds like effortless when he sings and he, he's, he's a huge voice.
2: Yeah. I, I wish he'd come toward a little bit more. I'd definitely go check him out.
1: I think he's deaf or he's he retired from
2: recording i think because of like hearing loss but a friend of mine sat in with him uh, a few years ago and uh he said he was a fucking awesome guy that's cool
1: yeah he seems like a dude i I would want to like and yeah um yeah he canceled his tour because he has he has severe hearing loss and then it comes with that was like vertigo and all kinds of other stuff going on. So oh, that's, no. a, that's a shame.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, the uh,
1: Meniere's Min- disease. He said he can't hear well enough to even sing. So he was on the road in 2018 and he canceled his tour and basically retired. That's uh, a, that's a bummer, but we still have his performance and we are the world. So that was cool. I've listened. I don't know. I probably listened to it like five times in the last two weeks. Just.
0: Yeah. It seems like every time
1: I, a little, a little nugget, I have something else. I, I hear
2: yeah the words are you know i couldn't help think about the simpsons when when bart fell down the hole yes and that's when that's where sting was remember we were trying oh maybe sting would no sting was there for bart simpson
1: and i had sent you the one um Married children did a parody of it. They yeah. did old age. <laughs> yeah, they did a parody of it when Al is uh, Axel Bundy and he had um like Isaac was it Isaac Hayes? No, it was um Richie Havens and the guy from Loving Spoonful and one of the guys from Herman's Hermits. Hermits and
2: all these yeah, guys yeah,
1: singing it was hysterical.
2: But you loved that show.
1: I I do. I always I still make pop references to it all the time, but. So, yeah, man, I guess that's, that's, we are the world.
2: It's, uh, we are the children.
1: I, I didn't know that the charity was still around. And then you said, like, yeah, they're still out there collecting money. So, you know, if yes. you feel that that's something you want to be a part of, you can go on there. There's all kinds of stuff about like the, uh, the, the song and their, what they're trying to do and how much money they've raised year to date. And there's a lot of cool stuff. I spent some time on there this weekend, just kind of reading up on what they're doing.
2: It's still a great cause. Yeah. If you, sure, yeah, absolutely you
1: know, we've uh we've done a couple shows now where we you know we did live aid and just talking about things trying to trying to give back and make the world a difference, and I know you and I both believe that music can do that that music can make a difference.
2: There are so other many things like we are the world that happened. Do you remember the metal world had hearing aid?
1: No, <laughs> I don't remember that at all.
2: Dude, look
1: it up right now.
2: Look All up right, Hearing Aid.
1: Hearing Aid, a charity record recorded by 40 heavy metal musicians and released in 1986. Organized by Ronnie James Dio. Raised $3 million for famine relief in Africa. How have I never fucking heard this? Really? It was, compilation album, Hearing Aid, an all-star album for famine relief. includes. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. What? Oh, it's like a whole album. It's not just one song.
2: Well, the one song was like a We Are the World thing. And okay. it's, it's fucking killer man. for like the everybody. Everybody's on that shit like Don Dock and uh, all those hair band dudes are a fucking there. Even the guys from Spinal Tap are there. The project included contributions
1: from Ted Nugent, Wingy, Malsteam, Dio, Judas Priest, Maiden, Quiet Riot, Docker and Doc and crew, twisted sister, queen strike, blue oyster cult, vanilla fudge, wine tea, rough cut, journey, wasp, and night ranger, and spinal tap. What, how have I never heard of this?
2: Dude, is there a music clip we can? I, I think on YouTube, there's a you could definitely find it on YouTube. Uh, yeah, there's a song called Stars. Let's play a little bit of this. I think we get away with playing the whole thing. <laughs>
1: I don't know how the hell I'm so into oh, music dude. and I listened to almost all those artists. That I've never heard of this before. Uh, that was fucking
2: great. Young Padawan. I will show you the way.
1: And as it was playing, cause that was just seven minutes long. I was reading something about like, so they're, they're going to reissue this, uh, in 2023. Oh, yeah. Uh, Roddy Dio's wife wants to release it and raise money for, um, like the con- the cancer charity that they set up for Ronnie James Dio after he passed away and i was reading about like jimmy page was supposed to sing on this or was supposed to perform on this and he was like i'll record something for it for it after um live aid before i i split they said they actually but he's like i'll only record it in philadelphia and they said the the guys all like they brought in all this crap and they rented a a studio to record it and he just didn't show up Um, they said brian may was supposed to do this and he bailed out and uh they were just showing like I don't know a reading. Neil Showen was there, he played some guitar, and in the downtime he was mocking Spring Springsteen and We Are the World <laughs> over singing everything. And these guys they said they they called Geldorf. They went to that um uh the talent manager who organized We Are the World and were at like picking his brain, like, how did you pull this together? And um they wanted to do this because it was right after D Snyder was doing the PMRC hearings of Congress. And they were kind of like, they wanted to be like, no man, rock and roll. Heavy metal can do some, some good too. This is awesome, dude. I would yeah, have done man. a whole over this instead of like,
2: <laughs> we could
1: man, we got to, we got to, maybe that's our next show is like when heavy metal struck back. This is awesome.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, 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 you know, I always knew about it and I was going to add on to the show. So,
1: That's fantastic, man! Thank you for sharing that. Um, That was super cool, and the video was awesome too.
2: Oh, go check the video out; it's so funny. Like that, like uh, uh, not Don Dockin; he's the singer. Uh, Lynch is like playing. He's got like this half shirt on. (laughs) It's the the style of clothing these heavy metal guys are wearing, and the hairstyles and the faces they're making as they're singing, like. Kevin LeBrow from Quiet Riots, like right in the front row of the chorus, and he's making this crazy look in his eye with yeah, a, a Blackie Lawless is standing next to him <laughs> doing the same thing, like making like kill you eyes.
1: They said they only raised like a million and a half dollars, but they said they they spent it and they bought some farm machinery that they shipped over to Africa.
3: That's yeah. awesome,
1: dude. That yep. that's really I'm really glad you just introduced me to that. That's super cool. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah,
2: I I always love that. Absolutely.
1: Wow. I'll have to do some more research on that. Do some more reading. I saw that there's a couple articles where they were interviewing everybody. Sound like just a bunch of the artists were sitting in a room doing like interviews or talking about it. So I'll have to I'll just show send those over to you. That was very cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well, look at that. All right, dude. Well, let's move on to uh, the back end of the show. Hang on. All right. All right. So I got two pieces of music news. The first one is the Sammy Hagar tour. And I want to mention this because we, yes. we were all talking about it this week uh, on, on Facebook.
2: Yes. Um, so
1: Hagar is going on tour with Joe Satriani, Michael Anthony, and Jason Bonham. And they said that they're going to play some Van Halen songs. So I'm interested to go see that. I know the Blue Meanie, who's a fan of the show, is an enormous Van Halen fan. I, he already got his tickets. I think he yes. got the presale today.
2: They're not coming to Philly.
1: Yeah, they're playing in Homedale, New Jersey. So that's oh, like, Homedale. That's,
2: yeah, so oh, that's I'll, not too far. I'll drive to Homedale.
1: Yeah, that's not too far from me. So it's like it a half looks hour like I'm me. crashing
2: at your house, cuz. There
1: you go, man. Yeah, dude, I that might be on my list. I'll have to see what my schedule's going to be like oh, dude, in the Oh, dude, we're going but, to that.
2: We're going yeah, to Yeah,
1: we, we might need to.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's not the first time those guys all work together. So Hagar, Satriani, Michael Anthony, and Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers were in a band called Chicken Foot, which was great. They put out a couple albums. It was really good. I
2: didn't think it was that great.
1: I I enjoyed it. Really, you didn't like it?
2: I I, I, did, it a I lot. just I just didn't think Shwiani was good yeah. for songwriting. Okay, like he's great. He's going to do great on the Van Halen songs. It's going to be fucking amazing. Okay, but when Chickenfoot came around, it was just a little cheesy for me. Okay, you I know? didn't
1: see them in concert. I I had the albums. Um, and I enjoyed it, but okay. I it was also whenever those came out twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. It's been a long time since I listened to it. And then yeah. Hagar, Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, and Vic Johnson were in a band called The Circle. So it's kind of like they're taking the best of both worlds. So awesome. And Satriani is one of those like you know yeah I've seen him elite, a few times. elite guitar players.
2: Yeah, him and like Steve Vai.
1: Yeah, right. Actually, yeah.
2: this weekend. I am going to go see Chicago play in Atlantic city. Okay. Steve by is playing guitar for them right
1: now. That is weird, man. I'm curious to hear how that goes. Well, if you listen to,
2: if you listen to the original Chicago stuff, their first album is called Chicago transit authority. That was the name of the band. And then they changed their name Chicago, but they had this huge guitar, huge guitar sound that they were this guitar was so big it was like Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player at the time hmm. so okay. it was before the Peter of chicago is before yeah. all that bullshit so i think they're going to play all the rock and stuff
1: all right cool we'll enjoy man that's a good time and then the last one and i'm only putting this in here to troll kate bush but um, yes the last one man so the rock and roll hall of fame in- held their induction for the class of 2023 on november 3rd and Kate Bush was apparently too important to bother showing up. So oh, most of the shitty, other artists who
2: is a snotty bitch.
1: All right. Most of the other artists were there. She was not. I actually watched her entire induction, even though she couldn't bother being there, but I watched it all. It was like 15 minutes. Yeah. So I watched the whole thing. Outcast, big boy inducted Kate Bush into the rock Are you and roll hall. Of fame. Me? And dude, he was talking a lot about like, um, yeah, you know, yeah, she she's incredibly hip hop because she was like, I'll do everything on my own terms and nobody's going to control my messaging and all this other kind of stuff. And then they showed a video and it was like a, it was Elton John, Gilmore, Peter Gabriel, St. Vincent and that artist uh, churches. They were all talking about her. And then it ended with St. Vincent covered that running up a hill, which it, it wasn't it was OK. It wasn't I don't great. like that St. Vincent. Everybody goes nuts over her. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I think that, that as a Kate Bush song, that's not as terrible as some of her other stuff, that song, but I still don't like it. And I just thought it was funny that, you know, she couldn't be bothered to show up to her well, own induction ceremony. I personally
2: don't think she likes Americans.
1: So. Probably not. She probably heard our show and wants something to do with us.
2: I hope she does hear our show. We're doing something right.
1: <laughs> I am sure all the crazy cat people. We're still getting well with them getting getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, for Second Thoughts. There was a whole bunch of people still complaining to us. Actually, I have I have them here on uh, my other laptop. So, yeah, you know what? Just more people, just crazy cat people, complaining about us. Really, I want to hear.
2: Um, I, it's been a while since I've seen any or hear any. I love hate mail. Hate mail is, makes my makes me smile especially when they call us like Beavis and Butthead. All right, let me move my other
1: computer here. I got you all my YouTube notes. So most of the comments that we got on YouTube over the last couple of days were ten four hundred beats said, oof, you two incels, you're so cringe. And to that guy, I just said, incel, I'm almost 50. I'm married and I have three kids. You have no idea what that word means. But (laughs) thanks for proving that Kate Bush fans are the most bitter group of people going. How many cats do you have? Then never responded. (laughs) Rick AHL five four 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 said, "We love her poetry, her voice, her compositions. Her voice becomes much better once she matured and started singing in a lower register." I said, "Okay, man, I I
2: appreciate." No, I pick that
1: absolutely. I, I get it. She had a she had incredible like uh, influence on like live performances and artists that came after her. We don't we don't debate that. We just don't like her. No,
2: I think she's very sophisticated sound. You know, absolutely.
1: And then one other person, MAPNDO2337 said, I love Kate Bush, but it should have been Sinead O'Connor and most definitely Susie Sue and the Banshees first. I don't know about that, but
2: Susie um, Sue, I always wanted to meet her. Oh, well, meet <laughs> me afterwards. <laughs> afterwards, Oh, you dirty bastard. You're <laughs> all
1: and then a lot of people also commenting like the um, that the spinners should have been in. There were several people like uh, Lily Williams, CD2VN. Yes, congratulations to the spinners, long after due. Perpy34, congratulations to the spinners. You guys deserve it. All the years that you contributed to wonderful music. So it was cool to see them get into.
2: About uh, Lee Ray, is that his name? Who got
1: abducted? oh Link Ray Rumble?
2: Yeah, Rumble got inducted what a great yeah did you song see that, that was is. like
1: uh jimmy page came out and played that at no, the induction I ceremony it. i heard it, it was did, like the, yeah it was like the first time he's played a guitar like on stage or in public in like 12 years but i'll see it when it comes on hbo we had one other comment some random user oj7b whatever kate bush is only a cult following in the usa does that mean that roxy music t-rex or craft shouldn't be in the hall due to being cult bands in the united states they're all mainstream in europe so is kate bush does that mean joy division and new order shouldn't be in once they get inducted the majority of people in america who know them are college students similar to kate's fan base here every british child can name a song by her stop being so fucking american and open your mind up
2: Oi, oi! thank
1: you yeah dad thanks whatever miserable. Oi, oy, oy.
2: so it stop being like, so
1: f- stop being so fucking american you americans
2: we can't help it usa all the way
1: right and play the whole kogan uh i am a real american song so
2: you think we're bad you should see real motherfuckers <laughs> right
1: right <laughs> Like, one of, my, uh, one of my colleagues from England comes over here, and I pick him up from the... Uh, I drive him to the office from the hotel, and he gets on my pickup truck. He's like, oh, is this where you put your guns, like, or in the glove box, or <laughs> the cut-center console? He's like, is this where you put your Budweiser? And <laughs>
2: so, That's um, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. He's just
1: like, Americans drive these enormous cars. We also got an email from somebody about last week's show with The Warden. The Warden? So, yeah, so... Hi, Um, the warden says, hello, my name is John Tex. I live in Wisconsin, even though you would think with a name like mine, I would live in Texas. I've been listening to your show for a few months and had no idea who this character you kept talking about called the warden was or why he was important. I thought it was just an inside joke. I heard him on your show last week, and then I listened to the MDV Unplugged episode after you said he was on that. I just want to drop you an email and say I liked having him on, and it was obvious that he's a friend of yours. P.S. Will you send me a sticker if I say the Kate Bush sucks? Even if you don't, Kate Bush sucks. Yours in rock and roll, John Tex, not from Texas. So Thank you, thanks, brother. brother. I wrote him back. I said, hey, man, give me your email or uh, give me your address. We'll mail you a couple stickers. Perfect for the holidays. And uh, yes. really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, perfect for holidays. One size yeah. fits all.
1: Absolutely. And if anybody out listening wants some, even if the Kate Bush fans, you guys want some stickers, you can always reach out to us through our website or social media. We'll be happy to mail you some. So. All right, man, the electric chair. You you had a good suggestion. Let me pull it up first. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about in the arc of the story about We Are the World is the sequel to We Are the World. And in 2010, there was a group of artists called Artists for Haiti that recorded We Are the World 25. And let me pull up real quick. The, I have the list of artists, but this was still produced by Quincy Jones and Lionel Ritchie was involved. And it also was involved. Uh, uh, Wyclef was involved because he's course. Haitian. Of and course. yeah, and they purposefully did not invite any of the artists who were involved in the first one. The only person who appears on both is Michael Jackson. So they used the uh, clips of Michael Jackson from the first We Are the World and they they spliced it in. They also they uses a shit ton of auto-tune. Ugh. It it's pretty bad. I saw it is Saturday Night Live made a made a made a parody of it and they said um they needed to make a version, a third We Are the World to raise awareness for how terrible this one is uh which i thought was funny and then lionel richie also wanted to make a third version within oh, like God. during the COVID pandemic but that never happened
2: oh but, just let it leave leave it alone
1: yeah but there is way more artists on this than there are on the other one so i'm just looking at the list so the soloist there's probably 40 soloists i'll just a couple of them uh bieber and i'm skipping these some around uh, josh groban tony bennett mary j Blige, tony braxton janet jackson Barbra Streisand, Miley Cyrus, Enrique Iglesias, Wycliffe, Adam Levine, Pink, Celine Dion, Usher, Fergie, T.I., T-Pain.
2: All the T's. All the T's are there. Yeah,
1: right. The Chorus. I'm just looking down the list of people I recognize. Elde Bars, Brandy, the Zac Brown Band, Jeff Bridges, Natalie Cole, Harry Connick Jr., Faith Evans, uh, John Legend. Randy Jackson, Bobby McFerrin, uh, Gladys Knight, Jason Mraz, Maya, Nicole Richie, Trey Songs, Jordan Nicole Sparks, Ritchie. Robin Thicke. Oh, gee, yeah. he's
2: one of Rookie's kid. That's right. Yeah.
1: Rob Thomas, Vince Vince Vaughn, Ann Wilson, Brian Wilson, and Nancy Wilson. This thing oh, has got so much auto tune on it. And then, oh, and I forgot, there's also a, there's a rap halfway through it and the rap is LL Cool J, Will I Am, Snoop Dogg, Nipsey Hustle, Busta, Swiss Beats, uh Kanye and two other ias and man. I was listening to this and I heard it when I was I was getting to work in the morning and I sent it to you and I'm like, "Have you yeah. ever heard this?" And then after I sent it, I was still listening to it and the rap came on and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I yeah, started I laughing hysterically. And I messaged you again. I was like, holy shit, listen to this until five. Don't turn it off. Listen to it for five minutes. Maybe let's I don't know, man. Let's play like maybe forty-five seconds of it and then I'll skip ahead to the the five minute the rap and then we'll we'll sentence it to death. But we're gonna take a little bit of a different approach here, but check this out.
3: day by day I hate that drum beat that in the someone, back somehow will soon yeah, it it's so
2: it's stupid
1: that's what it is we'll play, let's get up to the chorus let's hear this part too here's Michael it's shitbag the weak yeah. All right. So there's that, and then let me get up to the to the hip hop part. Um, and it just drop. I want to get lead a little bit of a lead up into it because it just drops into it from out of nowhere. It's like a I want to like, hear it. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, Roadrunner, Acme, Anvil falls out of the song on your head
0: here. We all need somebody. We'll help you make it through the storm when the floor breaks a magic carpet to stand on we are the world united by love so strong when the radio isn't on you can hear the songs a guided light on the dark road you're walking on a signpost to find the dreams you thought was gone someone to help you move the obstacles you stumbled on someone to help you rebuild after the rubble's gone we are the world connected by a common bond love the
1: whole planet singing along. We
3: you <laughs> to death.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly mixed in there, dude.
3: <laughs> right, it sounds like it could have been part of the
2: song. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped uh. that like bass.
1: <laughs> that was not good, man. That, and I, I some uh, of those artists, man. Like uh, I like why I think Wyclef is incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. I, I like him a lot. I was like, man, I don't know what the hell is going on. He here, did but. get
2: the biggest names of the time at that time, though. Sure, and you it's know, just it's like too much, man.
1: Yeah, right, man. right. I mean, Josh Groban. I, I don't like his music, but I mean, the dude can sing. Yeah, um, got an incredible voice. It just, but it's too much, man. Um, and you said the beat just. Oh, this so, drum uh,
2: thing and drum and bass, whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, it? yeah. Come yeah, on, There's so much,
1: so much auto tune on it. So, so when did this come out? So this came out in 2010. So Quincy Jones was like in his 70s when he did this. So I don't know. All right, People well, just about- got a
2: leak people gotta leave shit alone man Just yeah leave shit alone
1: yeah and he said he it was um they played it during the opening of the winter olympics that year and it was i guess it was a big deal i don't i don't know yeah yeah nope. it's not not good but.
2: nope
1: so that'll do it for episode number 73 thanks so much for this look back on we are the world and if you want to go learn more about usa for africa you can go to USA dot org. I said there's all kinds of cool stuff on there. We would love it if you follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Visit our website or drop us an email at show at prisoners dot com. There's links to all that stuff down in the show notes, as well as a map to the Cusker's Tavern. You know what, dude? And second fuck. Second thoughts, man. I We can talk about the uh, the bar.
2: Oh, well, you know, the party was uh, great. Yeah, uh, you know clowns who left me cl- clowns that are right you know you know yeah i, I like, said it was you know we, we showed up the bar man. was the bar
1: was really jumping uh, it was you know, mob
2: it was so mob. i had to leave
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think was, you left around the same time i did you know, i was, was like just, i got it early
2: hell, i wasn't w- working at all so i wasn't n- t- no help at all so i was like dude i gotta leave like yeah
3: I was, dod- I was
2: dodging bullets like the whole time. Like oh, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't want to talk to this person. Whatever. I just sat next to you the whole time. I stood yeah. next to you the whole time
1: because everybody comes over to say the, see the warden and said oh of you. yeah oh yeah uh, the warden was there. My wife was there. Uh, my it friends. Was
2: my friends. The coins cool were there. And Barb was happy to meet you. That she was yeah nice. I talked
1: to her for a couple minutes and it was very
2: nice and said She's thank you for listening and supporting person. us. She's a wonderful person. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I talked to her briefly on uh, Facebook the next morning. She she said something on uh, Facebook about it. About, oh, it's so nice to come to the bar and meet your podcast partner. And I was like, sorry, I didn't get to talk more. Mm-hmm. It was getting pretty busy in there, but it was still cool. So Yeah, they're great people. Yeah, so... All right, well, so that'll do it for episode 73. And uh, I said you can go in the show notes and check out a map to McCusker's Tavern and link to all of our social media and all that other kind of stuff. You know, the time off between this episode and the next one will be Thanksgiving here in the United States. and we will be in the holidays. But, you know, a couple of things that I'm grateful for, man, is, you know, rock and roll. Ryan and I say all the time, man, really believe that music can make a difference in your life. I'm thankful for every one of you guys out there that listen to us and spend some time helping, joining us on this little journey here as our musical hobby, all of our friends over at Pantheon. And, yeah, Ryan, man, I am thankful for you. You said something on Facebook recently. Somebody said you're just a bartender, and you are so much – you are one of the most real people I know, and I tell you that all the time. And uh, getting to do this every two weeks, and I learned something. We have a couple laughs, and, uh, man, we've been been talking music together for over 20 years, and uh, I love it. It's so much fun.
2: Close to 30 years, brother.
1: It is close to 30 years, man. We're getting old. But yeah,
2: listen, I you're my brother. I enjoy doing this show more than you can even imagine. You know, life throws you curveballs all the time. Doing the show for me keeps me happy, keeps me entertained, and it keeps me hanging with you, brother.
1: That sounds good, man. Well, we'll be back in two weeks and it'll be the holidays, so we'll start talking about what we're going to do for our annual holiday episode. And that'll be we'll be winding down season three, which is amazing.
2: Bruce, yeah. my friend. Yes, sir. Keep on rocking. Peace out. Oh, I'm just
3: a Prince, no! Oh.